0: When I take Batty to go walk at the college, I park on this residential street nearby, and the car that I always park behind, they haven't lived there very long, but whoever it is, they live in this neighborhood now. It's a, a little black sedan, and in the rear window, they have a skull. Not a skull sticker, but they have, I don't know if it's a Halloween store skull or what it is, but it's this black skull with kind of a silver finish on it. Which is just going to be bad. You know, a black skull with a silver finish. Not realistic either. Looks more like a monkey skull or something, but it's meant to be a human skull, I think. And just let me say too, I mean, for as overused as the skull is, like, you also can't overuse it. You know, you can't really, the skull is never going to be irrelevant. Irrelevant. So even though it's overused, you know as a symbol and in artwork and different things, it's become generic and I get and it should be generic. I mean skulls are generic. Every single person has a skull, and most of them look the same. That's generic. it's common. There's nothing unique about skulls. having a skull. There's nothing unique about having a skull but anyway uh they are timeless of course because they're skulls we can never get away from skulls but when they're stylized or anything like that it just ruins them immediately if you're going to use a skull one way or another the best way to do it is just to have it be completely lifelike if you try to make a skull interesting or artistic or anything It's usually just completely awful. It looks stupid. It immediately ruins what a skull even is. It immediately ruins what a skull even is. And anyway, I don't know this guy. I just see this skull because it calls attention to it. If you park behind this guy, as I do, it's the only place to park. You just look at the skull you don't look at it and go, oh, this is a serious person. Oh, this is the car of a serious person. There's nothing actually esoteric about it. Even though, you know, the skull is a cult and it's a symbol within the occult for obvious reasons. You know, death plays a large role in that way of thinking. Um, But uh, the skull is also Hidden. You know, it's this thing that we all have, but you rarely think about it, even though you know everybody has one. Everybody except for the man without a skull. Everybody except for the man without a skull. But everybody has one, but you don't like look at somebody, you're seeing their face and you're, you know, just seeing that person. You're not like, I see the skull in there. I know there's a skull in there. You don't think about that, and I mean, even me sitting here right now, it's almost impossible for me to comprehend that there's a, a full skeleton doing things. This pose is my skeleton making this pose. Fucking weird, hard to comprehend. Uh, but with with skulls, though, it's um, you know, even though they're overused, they're they're. You know, you you can never get away from the skull, but it seems to be best to depict it as lifelike as possible. Like, even though I've seen a million skulls, I've seen so much artwork, I've seen so many symbols that use skulls. When I see just a really good drawing of a human skull with no stylization, no attempt to modify it, it still gives me chills. If it's really well done, really stark, if it's not trying to do any more than just use a realistic depiction of a skull. Like I don't I don't even mean it has to be like a lifelike pencil drawing or something. I'm just saying if if the, the way it is structured, the way it is done represents just a straight up skull. There's still something impressive to me about that. But despite all the skulls we see around, you almost never see them. The only time you see that is is, you know, Halloween. But even then, a lot of the skulls now, a lot of the Halloween skulls now are stupid and stylized. Like the one in this guy's car. And with the skull too, just a side note on skulls. It's funny that whenever I look at a skull, I see an expression, even though it has none. Everything that was a part of that face that made expressions and implied emotion and reacted is gone but when you look at a skull you still see something you still see some like some sort of statement oddly enough maybe it's because all skulls look almost like they're smiling but it's not even that because it's not necessarily like oh they're all happy they're all smiling that's not what i see but i see something more than just bone it's weird And maybe it's just your mind projecting. I mean, I I don't think that's it. I'm going to go with the fact that there's something. But I could see say, oh, you're just projecting. Because we do it with animals. We do it with everything. You know, we look at pets. We look at farm animals and think like, oh, he's doing something human. Oh, he's making it. That looks like a human face. Memes do that. Cat memes. Sometimes it's like, oh, the cat's making a human face. Here's a joke about it but we relate to it we project and then we relate to the projection I've seen my dog smiling I do think animals can smile obviously they can be happy but we see it in this very human way and even though skulls are just as human if not more human than we are we project things onto them we see something in the in the skull in the face But anyway, uh, what got me going on this is I was just thinking about symbols. And, you know, one of the most common symbols you see around is the skull. And that's not modern. In many ways, it's ancient. But these modern depictions just suck. I was thinking about this guy who came into work, 60-year-old man, wearing skinny jeans, high-top sneakers, a big baggy hoodie. And the hoodie had these skulls on it. And they seemed to be, it was like some sort of art, I mean, you call it art, I guess. It was artwork, but it was like the skulls being like, I don't know what they were, I don't know if it was like the skulls being like, I don't know, they they were like these distorted skulls, I guess you would call them, what we call a distorted skull. Like they were kind of bending and like turning into soul shapes. I feel like there's a better way to, to explain what I'm talking about, but it was just like, it was like multiple skulls and like the top and bottom of them are turning into these waves. I mean, you can almost imagine, or maybe, maybe it was just like the skulls are like smoky. I don't know what it was, but it, it was this artistic representation of skulls. So he had that on his hoodie and then he was wearing a silver hat, like a silver ball cap. The color of it was Silver. And then affixed to the front of it was a piece of silver metal, a skull, a silver metal skull affixed to it. Probably a heavy hat. Like even if it's cheap metal, just having this piece of metal on the front of your ball cap. But he was wearing that. And then he came in and I was like, I like what you're wearing. I mean, it's like when I'm in sales mode. And I don't. I don't normally compliment what people are wearing, but I I just. I wanted to to see what this guy had to say because he was old. That was the weird thing. I saw this guy come in. He and his wife were old. Old. He and his wife were old. And uh, (laughs) when I saw what he was wearing, like high tops, he was basically wearing streetwear. His style was very much streetwear. These skinny jeans with a really baggy, light-colored hoodie, like black skinny jeans, some sort of high-top sneaker, and then a baggy, light-colored hoodie, like light gray, a silver cap with a silver metal skull affixed to the front. And I was like, I like I like what I'm seeing here. Oh, I like, I like this look. And I had a much more natural way of bringing it up without obviously making fun of him or... You know, being too salesy and pretending I I actually liked it. But I was just like, I like that, you know, I like what you're wearing kind of thing. But then his response was just like, you can get it at this website. You can get the hat at this website. And he kept saying that. You know, because at that point, like the second he said that, I didn't want to talk about it anymore. Like I said, I was just kind of trying to see what this guy was all about. This skull streetwear senior citizen. I just kind of wanted to see what, what's on this guy's mind. Talk about what he's wearing, because obviously he wants people to talk about it. If you're wearing a silver hat with a silver metal skull affixed to the front, like you want people to notice. You, it's a conversation piece. But when his first response is just like, if you like it, you can get it from this website. And I was like, oh, there's nothing else to talk about. And then I did talk to him about some work related, like, you know, sales related stuff, his order or whatever he was, because he ended up buying something. But he just kept bringing up the website. I was really disappointed. I didn't dislike him or anything, but I, I just, I really had nothing to talk about, nothing to say to him. But it is interesting, this this old guy going around, one with this kind of like a poor imitation of youth clothes, streetwear, but with skulls on it. And just he goes out into the world and he's like, I don't just want to wear a skull hoodie, which you could probably see a million skull hoodies just walking down the street. But the idea of wearing like a silver cap with a – and he even said, because like he said when he bought the cap at this website at blah.com – uh, dot com dot uh, com when, when he said you could um, <laughs> when he said I could buy it myself like I should have just gotten the same one I like get the same hat he, does, he has and wear it and then he'd be like dude this guy's ripping me off this guy's totally biting my style if I just bit that guy's style if I just went all in I mean imagine think about even just me Think about I, 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 Right now, I'm thinking about me if I started wearing skinny jeans, high-top sneakers, skull hoodies, and silver skull hats with metal skulls on the front. Like an actual piece of metal made to look like a skull in the front of the hat. I think about how ridiculous it would be if I started dressing that way. And there's tons of 37-year-olds who look like that. But I'm just thinking about me, like how re- I would feel like a clown. <laughs> I would, <laughs> I would actually feel like I was going out into the world. And I'm not even saying this against the guy. I'm I'm actually not even like saying this guy, you know, shouldn't be doing that, or there's anything wrong with doing that. But I know that me personally, if I dress that way, even even though I'm younger. I would be like, I'm going out into the world and I, I'm a clown. Like I'm, I'm actually trying to be a clown. And to be totally honest, when he walked in the store and and started walking over to our section, I thought, I didn't think clown, but looking back, that was sort of the feeling I had. And when I was like, I got to say something to him about his outfit, it was pretty much the equivalent of like, I've got to ask this clown. I've got to, I've got to see what this clown is all about. And I mean a literal clown. This isn't me calling him a clown the way people do. Like, oh, that guy's a clown. I'm saying, like, what I saw was a clown of some kind. But I was disappointed when it was just like, oh, you can get it at this website. There's no conversation to be had. Like, I'm not going to get that hat. But what he told me was that when he got it, it was silver and the skull, the metal skull was actually black. No, you know what? I think that I I got it wrong. Excuse me. Can't even tell my own stories. It was a silver hat with a black metal skull on the front. A metal skull on the front of the hat. And it was black. And what he told me was that when he originally got it, it was silver on silver. He's like, when I originally got it from blah.com, it was a piece of silver metal on the front of the hat that was already silver. So silver on silver. And he's like, so I decided to paint it black and it does make it stand out a little more. But he actually customized that hat. He got it and he was like, the silver on silver look isn't doing it. I want the skull to be black on silver. Black on silver. Black and silver. Um, so, you know, he did that in, himself. But just you wonder, like, what's going through that guy's head. Like, you know, because it's like a skull doesn't even need to be philosophized, if that's a word. It doesn't even have to really be thought about. Like, if you wear a skull, you don't have to be that person who's like, I just like to remind people of death and that life is short and, uh, you know, death is always there one step ahead of us. You know, you don't even have to have some sort of statement ready or way of thinking about it. All you literally have to say is, like, skulls are cool. Skulls are cool. So that's... You don't even have to think that. You you actually don't have to think at all about the skull that you're wearing. You don't have to think about it for one second. Nobody will ever ask you about it. Like maybe somebody's grandma will be like, Oh, it's kind of weird. My grandson wears all those skull shirts. But for the most part, like people will see a skull and not think anything of it. They won't even think about it. So you'll never have to explain why you wear it. And you don't really need to. Because you can be a total idiot and it feels like a powerful statement. You can be smart and it feels like a powerful statement. It's a skull. It's a skull. But this guy was just like, oh, you can get the same thing at a website. But yeah, the way people wear them, I mean... It wouldn't be unique to our era, but if you were to look back through an archaeologist's eyes about this era of humanity in the West, you'd be like, oh yeah, like a lot of people like wearing skulls around. A lot of people like depicting the human skull. They like to do stupid things to it. They make it look stupid, but they like to use it. And I mean, even just talking about that, I don't like to draw skulls. I've drawn a couple. There was one skull I drew that I think I did a good job. Other than that, though, I feel like most attempts to draw skulls are a failure. But uh, there was one time where, like, a guy, a guy I knew who ran a record label wanted me to draw a, a skull for, uh, for something he was doing. And I ended up drawing something, and I tried to—I think this was probably, like, 2006— and I tried to do something that was kind of in my style where it was it was kind of a, you know, a, a loose shape of a skull with a skull face. And then it, in my style, it kind of melted into this like stippling, abstract, textured background. Like the skull was kind of weird shaped, elongated, if I remember right. And it just, instead of actually having the structured shape of a skull, it just kind of melted into the background. And I did it, and then I remember, like, I remember sending it to the guy, and he liked it. But I was like, you know what? Don't don't use that. I'm sorry. I have to back out of this. I just don't like this. And not in some, you know, humble artist way. It was just simply like I don't like what this is. I don't like what this looks like. And I think part of it is just because, like, I don't know. I, I've never been able to, like I said, maybe one time, but like I've never been able to, like convincingly draw a skull and, and stylizing it or trying to make it your own like what I drew that thing that I told the guy not to use it honestly was no better than the the 60 year old man's hoodie to me it, as far as wh- how convincing it was or how effective it was it was no better than that guy's hoodie it was probably worse But people would see all these skulls and just be like, oh, skulls really meant something to these people. Skulls and Nike. A lot of skulls and a lot of Nike. I was talking a little while back on here about Nike. How, I mean, if hundreds of years from now, if people, you know, if all records of this civilization were lost, and they just started digging through the, the ground and finding tattered nike shirts nike shoes billboards they'd be like this symbol was very important to these people and they wouldn't be wrong it would seem like they're viewing it through some sort of some more esoteric lens like oh this must have been an important spiritual symbol for people this symbol must have meant something to many people millions billions of people a billion billion people a billion that's what they would think and they'd be right though and in a way when people wear the Nike swoosh they're like this gives me status. You know, maybe the most innocent person who wears Nike is like, "Oh, Nike, it's I like the fit. I like how it fits me. I like the material." But most people on some level and there's nothing wrong with Nike. Like I don't you know, I mean I mean like there's there's nothing wrong with Nike. But there's nothing right about Nike either. But when someone wears it, there's a decent chance, like even if they do just like the material, like the product, there's a good chance, though, a part of them is like, I like having this symbol on me because it gives me some kind of status. Health. It basically communicates to someone like this person's healthy, not poor. They kind of have a certain, they're sporty, but they have class. Maybe they're wealthy you know I don't think of Nike I, it's been so long since I' bought anything from Nike. I mean I don't even know that I've as an adult that I've ever bought something from Nike. I think I've only ever had Nike bought for me when I was a kid. I don't know I really don't know what the price is like on it. like if I'm at the shopping mall I don't I don't go up to the Nike rack, the Nike rack and look at the price. It's just not even something I consider. Not because I hate Nike. It's just not something that I personally consider. So I don't know how expensive a Nike shirt is, for example. I know the shoes can get very expensive, and that is communicating wealth. Men, for whatever reason, are particularly into Nike. I know, I know women like Nike, but for, for men, Nike really is about communicating some kind of status. Health, success vitality on on some level and so if the future people were to dig that up you know the explanation of like oh nike is just a cool thing it's a brand that explanation really doesn't cut it because nike is a crazy phenomenon and it does mean something more to people than just like oh this is a good product And even if someone wears it just to be liked or popular, like they wear anything. I mean, people dress like punks for that reason. People do every Everything people do is for that reason. Maybe not everything, but a lot. But if, you know, you actually look at someone's motivation, like sometimes they wear Nike with the intention of kind of casting a spell. When people see this, when they see the swoosh, They'll know what kind of person I am. They'll know that like I'm, I'm worth having around. They, they don't think that consciously. But why else would you want the swoosh on all your stuff? Why is the swoosh so important? When you get away from how generic it is in our society, like I've grown up seeing the swoosh so many times, I can't possibly look at it and see something truly cool. But if you're able to remove yourself from that and just see it totally objectively, it is kind of a cool symbol. It's not an obvious symbol. An abstract golf swing that's just turned into this shape. It really fits, like like their advertising and stuff, it really fits well. And all they have to do is just show that symbol and that communicates so much. People see it and everybody knows what it is. Everybody. Everybody. Everybody knows exactly what it is when they see it. And they associate it with something. And what they associate it with is more than just the product. Like even if you hate Nike, you really have no business hating Nike unless you associate it with something other than what it is. You associate it with the type of people who wear it. You associate it with materialism. If you hate jocks, you hate jocks. You know, you'll see it and you hate it because of that. Like, oh, I, I hate sportiness, athletics. I hate preppies, preps. No matter what you feel, like if you feel very strongly about Nike for the positive or the negative, a lot of it has to do with this association that's more than just that product and what that product is, the purpose that that product serves. But uh, I don't know. I I was thinking about skulls in the same way. Swooshes and skulls. And how... You know, the the use of... I don't know. I don't remember how I was going to tie that together. But I guess I'm just thinking about symbols in general. And the power of symbols. I mean, the swastika. You want to talk about a magical symbol. As of the last, what... 80 years that symbol has come to mean evil like yeah if someone's particularly religious they can see a pentagram or an upside down cross and go and gasp but that's becoming more and more rare a lot of people can go hang out with their grandma with a pentagram on their shirt and it doesn't even elicit a response I mean, there was a time when I was probably 14, 15, right? A misfit shirt with the Crimson Ghost on it. And my grandma lived across the street and she was going to come over. And I remember like saying to my sister, I was like, I should probably change my shirt. Because my grandparents didn't like that my sister was into Metallica. Like they didn't know what that was, but they they didn't like that she was into heavy metal and hard rock. It wasn't a big deal, but there was a, a conversation, you know, where I think they, they just didn't approve of it. And uh, so I was wearing this misfit shirt with a skull, and I was like, Grandma's coming over. You know, I'm just, why even draw attention to what I'm wearing? And my grandma was a very sweet, innocent lady. Why Why wear the skull shirt in front of her? That's not what this is about. And I did you know, honestly, even though I loved the Misfits and I had looked all over for that shirt at the time, I really didn't like wearing it because it had a skull on it. I've just never been a skull guy. I probably seem like one. I probably seem like a skull guy. It's like, it's like a guy I know who, you know, I really, a guy, a really good guy, a really good guy. You know, he saw my artwork, but he didn't have any kind of point of reference for it. And he was like, oh, that's cool, man. Like like nightmare before Christmas and really that's I mean I don't take that as an insult because he didn't mean it that way but if somebody who just has no point of reference for what I do like just is like oh yeah like what Eric does it's like nightmare before Christmas (laughs) you know (laughs) it's just I mean speaking of stylized skulls like I think Jack Skellington looks Jack Skeleton looks stupid I don't know, like, I've known people who are obsessed with The Nightmare Before Christmas, and I like them, I like those people, but it's just never been me, like, I saw it in the theater when it came out, and I was quite young, and I thought it was cool at the time, I was like, oh, this is something different, like, some of these characters look cool, you know, the way it was made to look overall was cool, like, the way the actual, like, textures, just that aspect, like, the actual mechanism of it was cool. But in terms of, like, how Jack Skellington looks, it's just, you know, it might as well be a creepy baby toy. You know, that's no different to me than just, like, creepy, stupid baby, stupid, creepy baby art. And so when this guy was just like, oh, like, what you do is like a nightmare before Christmas. Cool, dude. Like, he means that in a nice way. But, like, that's, and, and and it's humbling in a way because it's, like, that's what it boils down to, you know? What it boils down to is that just somebody who's not interested in art, who just kind of sees what's out there, you know, that's just, that's what they're going to see. And that's okay. I I deserve to hear that. I deserve to be reminded of that. But anyway, uh, what got me going on Nightmare Before Christmas and me? Nightmare Before Christmas and me. Uh, I don't remember what got me going on that. Um, I mean, it's an example of what I'm talking about, for one, because you see Jack Skeletons. I can't even say it. Jack Skeletons. Skeletons. Jack Skeletons. You see his face everywhere. And you have for years, a little bit less now. Interestingly, the Jack Skellington era, I I don't know, it seems to be slowing down. I could be wrong. I still see it. I still see it a lot. But not quite as much. Because there was a while there where, like, you'd see teenagers in Jack Skellington beanies. Like beanies that the whole thing is just Jack Skellington's face. That means something to them. You know, because it was kind of like a cheap, like, mainstream goth thing to be into. Like, oh, dude, I, I fucking love the Skeleton movie. Oh, you know what kind of shit I'm into? I, I'm into dark stuff. So I'm into, you know, Nightmare Before Christmas. It's like something that you... It, it's like it, It's like how you show your soft side to your goth girlfriend. She'd be like, we're, we're, uh, you and me, baby, we're, um we're Jack, and uh, whatever her name is. See, I don't even know her name. We're Mr. and Mrs. Skellington. Me, me and you, baby, like, we're, we're like Mr. and Mrs. Skellington. I'm probably, like, just being brutal on people here. You know, it's sweet that couples can relate over that. Oh, we're the weird couple. What we find romantic is calling each other. Is it Sandy? I don't know. That doesn't sound right. I don't know her name. I really don't. It's not even on the tip of my tongue. It's not even one of those things where I'm like, oh, I know it, but I can't think of it. I can't remember for the life of me what Jack Skellington's wife's name is. I can't remember for the life of me what Jack Skellington's wife's name is. I can't. But anyway, there's some, some reason I started talking about Nightmare Before Christmas. It fits in, though, just because, yeah, you saw Jack Skellington's face everywhere. You see the girl everywhere. I don't even remember her. Obviously, the movie's about her, but I barely even remember her as a character. I remember the big fat ghost who's filled with insects. That's about it. I was obsessed with that. When I saw it, I couldn't stop thinking about that. Just how the big fat ghost was filled with insects. But, uh... I don't know, Like, like I, I guess just I'll reroute, because I don't remember what got me going on that. But just when, when you look back at, uh... You know, the symbols of... I was talking about the swastika... Somehow the swastika turned into talking about Nightmare Before Christmas, and I don't know how that happened. But I was going to say, oh, no, I, I know exactly how, how it all got here. See, uh, you know, it comes back to you. Like, I started talking about the swastika and how that was a magical symbol because of the power it has. It's come to mean evil. And how, you know, at one point in time, like, you wouldn't wear a skull shirt in front of your grandma. But now like you could wear a pentagram in front of your grandma and it probably doesn't matter. You could, you could wear an upside down cross necklace and a pentagram shirt with your grandma and she wouldn't even look at it. She wouldn't even think about it. But if it was a swastika, I mean, everybody's going to be thinking and talking about it because that's the new symbol for evil. And people are so scared of just seeing a swastika that they think that that's going to open the door to more evil. They actually... This is why people react to it the way they do. They go, oh, the swastika represents an evil period in German history that impacted the world. But they don't just see that. They don't just see it as offensive for that reason. When they see it, they actually think it's a portal. Like, living in the town I live, if I went out and spray-painted a swastika on a stop sign... Someone would be like, someone has to remove that. Oh my God. It would be in the papers practically. Not just because it would be offensive, but because people would think that it opened, it like ripped open a portal and demons were coming through. And so that's powerful. That's magic. And it's replaced. You know, some of the other magical symbols that people used to see that way, like, like, there was a point in time where if you just saw like a classic style pentagram with a goat in the middle, just like the Venom logo, the same pentagram you've seen, you know, on everything forever. If you just saw that on its own, there was a point in time where you'd be like, ooh. If you're a little kid, like, I remember seeing pentagrams occasionally as a little kid, and I was like, That's scary that's channeling something I wasn't Christian or anything like that I didn't I wasn't seeing it through that lens I just kind of saw it as a stark symbol that represented something it felt powerful I don't feel that way so much anymore every once in a while I'll see a really well-done pentagram nah not even then I don't I don't really see many pentagrams that have any impact on me anymore But the way that people used to feel about seeing a pentagram is very much what they feel about seeing a swastika today. It's like, that is an incantation. And, uh, you know, it's not changing. That's what it is for this era. And I think you can define eras by the symbols themselves. Like... Which symbols were being used during this time? What were the most in, important symbols? Like, when did that begin? When did that end? You know, I think most people kind of see World War II as the new year zero. I mean, I see it that way. Like, I was talking to a guy today who found his dad's collection of World War I helmets. And when you hear World War One, you think, I think it's interesting... But when you hear World War One, World War One, you think almost oh BC. Oh yeah, B, that war that happened near the end of BC, toward the end of BC. And then you hear World War Two, World War Two, and you hear World War Two, and it you think year zero or A D. Which is zero is zero A D. Is, is year zero B.C. or A.D.? Or is there a year zero? Is it kind of like humans where nobody says you're zero and then you're just one? Uh, I don't know. But uh, World War Two, either way, that, that feels like the marker when B.C. became A.D. It was kind of the reset point. And I don't even know how swastikas were thought of in the initial years after World War II. I don't even know. Like if you put a swastika on something in 1950, if you painted a swastika on the side of a, a building graffiti in 1950, how would people feel about that? Obviously they would think, oh, those are our enemies. We hate Hitler. But would it feel like a magic spell or would it just be like, oh, some asshole painted a swastika? I don't know. It, it's intensified. I mean, that's kind of the point I'm getting at. Like, I'm sure you wouldn't have been well-received painting a swastika on the side of a building in the years immediately after World War II, even in the U.S., especially in the U.S. But the swastika is actually intensified. It is gain power. It is so taboo. And there's such an implied result to drawing one or depicting one or even looking at one. You're not even supposed to look at one. You know, it is seen as a spiritual symbol, absolutely. And if you willingly brand yourself with it, if you draw swastikas or wear a swastika shirt, you're. It's, it's not like I was saying about the skulls shirts where it's like that might mean nothing to that person. They're never going to have to have a conversation with somebody about why they're wearing a skull on their shirt or what that means. If you wear a swastika, you will only have conversations about that. And you will be expected and you probably will have some sort of explanation as to why. It, it requires notice. Like, like it demands to be noticed. It demands to be discussed. And it's beyond controversial. Truly. like I, Like, if you were to go wear a swastika shirt in public in America or anywhere in the world, really, these days, you know, you're... Um, I don't know, you, if, you, if you wear that, it's like you are... Go- something is going to happen. You're basically saying, I'm evil. At least in everyone else's eyes. I'm evil. I'm evil. You want to see some evil? And so people would look back at that. People would look back at that and be like, this symbol was so, had such a negative power that people couldn't even, they weren't even comfortable seeing it. Someone could, could, uh, cut a very small swastika into the the bottom of a park bench and if someone saw it they would be worried on some level they'd be like there's a devil worshiper in my somewhere in this area and they put a little portal down here where the demons can get in So people would look back on that and be like, that symbol was so powerful that, you know, it was was banned. Not just for intellectual reasons, oh, it represents a guy who went mad with power and killed a lot of people for bad reasons. It wouldn't be academic, it's very much a spiritual symbol. It's not just academic history. That means something, and it means something horrible. If they saw all the skulls we have everywhere, you know, future people would would think something like, they must have been very comfortable with death. They must have worshipped death. Because that's what we think when we see the symbols of old. When we see ancient, the symbols used by ancient civilizations, we're like... Yeah, they must have meant this by it. And the funny part about that, too, you don't ever hear this discussed, is what did everybody think of those symbols? Like, there was probably a guy just like me in ancient Egypt being like, what's up with the ankh? Have you ever noticed how they put an ankh on everything? And it might not have meant anything to a lot of people. Like some of these symbols that ancient civilizations used, they might have just, they might have been, been seen in, in practical terms. Like, yeah, it wasn't merchandise like Nike, but who's to say that it was viewed differently? Who's to say that it, they felt any differently about it than we do a Nike swoosh? Because even the people who wear a swoosh because of what that represents or how that makes them feel or what they think it does for them, They're not even thinking that. They're not even consciously thinking that at the time. They're just like, oh, I should wear this. Oh, it's an onk necklace. I don't even remember what the onk means. Onk, onk. I don't remember what the onk means. But there could have been someone wearing an onk necklace. and like, what does that even mean to you? I don't know. It's just the symbol of our time. Oh, it's just something practical. Oh, I like the way it looks. I like the way my Ankh necklace looks. And we have a tendency to do that. We have a tendency to like l- not think about what different people thought or what most people even thought. I mean, there was somebody in Nazi Germany who was like, I'm really sick of seeing the swastika. It's become so generic. I see it everywhere. They looked at a swastika flag And had the same thought someone does when they see the American flag. And like not even an anti-American sentiment. But just like, God, it's so generic. Like I had a day once some years back where I was just looking. Like I saw an American flag. And I was able to completely, almost like an out of mind experience. Where I was like, oh, you know what? What if I saw this flag but didn't live in America? What if I just saw this as a flag somewhere else? I'd be like... It's kind of an interesting flag. It's a good flag. It's what we call a good flag. When I remove myself from how I view it as this kind of generic mass-produced symbol, I was actually kind of appreciated. I was just like, you know, it's an interesting symbol. And it's a very powerful one, too. It really is. As if that needs saying. Oh, the American flag is a very powerful symbol. It very much is. But uh, you know, in Nazi Germany, someone could have been looking at it too and just been like, I, I've seen this so many times. This is so generic. This might as well be a, a Nike swoosh. This might as well be an American flag. This might as well be a Reebok Adidas logo. This means nothing to me. No doubt there were people who thought that. No doubt there were people who were just oppositionally defiant and they're like, everybody's into the swastika. Well, I'm not. Everybody loves the Beatles, not me. You know, that person's always existed. And so is the person who uses the symbol but doesn't really think about it. And it's only people who think harder about those things that assign more meaning to it. And it, it, and it still has that meaning even if the people who wield that symbol aren't thinking about that meaning. Here's a little, uh, a, a twister for you. It still has that meaning, even if the people who gravitate toward that symbol don't consciously think about that meaning. They're just kind of vessels for it. And it's true for even something like the swastika that, you know, you think, Oh, you must be a real individual to wear a swastika today. No, when I see it, I just see those people as vessels. Like when you see a modern day skinhead, I'm just like, "Oh, that's an empty vessel for something else. That's not a person who has any real significance. That person is just an empty vessel for that symbol. And what it means. And they may not even think about that. The symbol is enough. And it is. The symbol is more. I mean, just the the symbol of a swastika has a lot more power than any sort of description or explanation you could try to give as to why you're using it and what it means to you. The symbol on its own says a lot more. So tomorrow, an old man. I'm going to meet an old man in streetwear, and he's going to have a hoodie with swastikas all over it, and then he's also going to have a hat, and it's going to have a metal swastika on the front of it, a silver hat with a black a black swastika that he had painted because it came in silver. I saw a guy in a shirt actually a couple days ago, just kind of a heavy set, chubby white man. And his shirt was black, and then in huge, bold, white text on the front, it said, No white guilt. No white guilt. This isn't really, this doesn't relate to symbols, but I hadn't seen that one before. No white guilt. What it reminded me of is, I don't know, about a year or two after the Iraq war started, during the Bush, the George Bushel era. I remember in my hometown seeing this dad walking with his family and he looked like a soldier, like he, he was kind of built as they say. And, uh, he just kind of had a soldier look about him, but he was wearing a shirt, they had the same design. There was a popular, like there was a popular design at that time that said, no war in Iraq and it was a parody of that. And it just said war on Iraq. And I like, think it's kind of funny. There's war on Iraq, parodying the anti-war, which is kind of what war does, right? I'm probably being completely obnoxious here in this one, but war parodies the parodies anti-war. It mocks and parodies it. But no white guilt. That was a new one I hadn't seen. No white guilt. Again, uh, you know, I mean, attention. I mean, like, people go out, they want to draw attention to themselves. Because there's wanting to look good or, or, like, wanting to look like you yourself. Like, I mean, I, I think that's that's kind of like my approach to fashion at this point. Like, I want to look like I should look. I want to look like I should look. Not cool, not anything in particular. I mean, like, thinking about what I was saying earlier about, like, imagine me wearing that streetwear outfit, a big baggy oversized hoodie with skinny jeans, high top sneakers, and a, and a, like a custom fitted hat. Like, think about it, that's not how I should look. So I approach fashion and everything, like, how should I look? And not even a question, but like, I, I want to look how I know I should look. And for the most part, that means like, you, everybody wants to look good or they want to look like they're wearing the right thing. But you don't want to, uh, I don't know, I, I, more and more, it's like trying to draw any attention to yourself through fashion. Like that is part of fashion and some people do it well. Like women who draw just the right attention to themselves through their fashion. It's kind of cool. I appreciate that. I, I like seeing that out in the world a little bit. But when it's just kind of like a, a grab for instant attention. Here's something people look at. Because the guy wearing like the no white guilt I mean he had no sense of fashion. He was just in like baggy cargo pants. He was fat. And he was in this like poorly poor fitting shirt. Like, that guy had no fashion sense. That was just a a pure statement. That was a statement, not fashion. But a lot of people's fashion decisions are just, oh, what what will get me attention? What will people notice? You know, what will will make people think even more about me? And I'm not even saying this as if it's some horrible crime to do it. It's just that that's the purpose of it in many cases. What will make people think about me more than they're already thinking about me? If you wear a swastika on your shirt, that's probably what you're trying to do. How can I get people to think about me more than they're already thinking about me? No white guilt. Same thing. Same thing with any number of other decisions people make. Someone who dresses like a punk. Dressing like a punk. It's the same thing. Like, how can I get people to think about me more than they're already thinking about me? And, uh... I mean, I guess more and more I'm just like, why do you want to do that? Like, people will think about you enough as it is. People think about each other so much. It's insane. It's wild. Like people really, like, they, they notice so much. If you really talk to people, like, if you really get to know people, not, not even get to know them, but if if you can just kind of create an atmosphere when you're with people where they let their guard down a little bit, what you'll learn is that they notice so many things. Things they'd never even acknowledge out loud. And most of what they notice is other people. I can't believe how much... I mean, I pay a lot of attention to other people. I always... If I'm in a room, I'm always paying attention to what everybody's doing. I could be in a waiting room. I could be in a doctor's waiting room. And I'm noticing what everybody in there is doing. I I may not care about it but I'm noticing it, I'm paying attention, almost against my will. It's almost like I have to plead with some supernatural force and be like, please let me stop. I'm so tired of paying attention to what these people are doing, just let me stop. Give me a break. So, where meditation and things like that come in handy, but it's still almost impossible to not do it at all. And uh, so, it, it, but realizing that everybody else does that. And it's in te- that's what intelligence does. You know, the mind does that. I want to know what everybody's doing. tired i'm very tired right now i don't have a whole lot more to say but uh just you know people like they really notice fashion in particular oh you see she's doing this you see what he's doing i mean just what i was saying earlier about the guy the old man coming in in skull streetwear and before i could even think about anything else My mind was just like, get a load of that. What does someone who's not me think of that is what I wonder. And what does a 20 year old think? I don't even know that a 20 year old would know. Like, I know what to think about that. I I knew what to think about what this guy was wearing. But what does a 20 year old think of that? Like they didn't even see the skull sort of look develop. Turn into what it is, go from something that was kind of stark, prison, biker, to just streetwear for a 60 year old man. Like they didn't even see that progression. They don't even really know about that progression. What does a 20 year old think of a, an old man dressed like that? What does another old man who just dresses like a normal old man think of that? I know that it was the first thing I noticed. Get a load of this guy. Get a load of this. Get a load of this. Anyway, symbols. You know, I think like a certain meaning will be assigned to any symbol from any era. And they'll try to piece it together. They'll try to understand. They'll try to comprehend what this meant at the time. Why was this so omnipresent? Why was this symbol so important or powerful? What did it mean? And while I think the future people, they might not get it completely right what people were thinking about that symbol at the time. Because they might have been thinking nothing. Or they might have been thinking about it in a different way. But I think when they kind of try to summarize what it meant, they're going to be right. It's just that the people themselves who were wearing it or using it may have never actually thought about that. An archaeologist is going to look at, oh, all these people wore t-shirts with skulls on them it meant blah, 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 it meant blah, blah, it also meant blah, you know, they're going to come up with these explanations for it. And on one level, like that's not what people were thinking, but on another level, that's kind of what it was communicating. So they're not going to be completely wrong, but you're also not going to see all those people who thought differently. You're never going to hear the voice of the person who thought that that symbol sucked. Or was boring or generic. And I wonder, too, like, when they find artifacts, did they ever find evidence of somebody who just created their own unique symbols? Like, have they ever found some guy's, you know, wood carvings? Because we always assume, and probably rightfully because there's other evidence, but we always, when we find artifacts, we always think, like, oh, this archaic artifact, like, this was a symbol that meant something to everybody. This was something they all knew and understood and did, but I wonder if they've come across something that was wholly unique. Oh, this guy carved a symbol into the wall of his house that nobody else used. He created his own symbols. You know, I, I do wonder if that's uh, if there's evidence of that, because there had to have been that. But we kind of, you know, the more time passes, the more we think of things, We, the more we, we paint broader and broader strokes. I, I've said this before on here, how, you know, in a hundred years, they'll be like, oh yeah, the people of the 2000s, the people of the early 2000s were obsessed with the Kardashians and this and that. And they won't just be talking about what was popular or mainstream, they'll be talking about... a a tiny percentage at the very top of that. And that's all they'll know about the people of that time. Oh, they were all into this. And we look at people from the past that way because we don't see the nuances of who they were and what their taste and personalities were because people have always had taste and opinions. You've always had people who go against the grain. But when we look back, it's just like we're like, oh, we just see the major symbols. We just see the major hobbies, the major interests. We don't really see who and what was unique. Very rarely do we. Maybe someone was an artist or something at most. But there's no way to actually see into these people's lives and personalities. And if we could, they'd probably be very familiar to us. We'd probably relate to them even more. But who knows what what the future is gonna look back on and see today. Like I think things got so crazy and oversaturated. Like we have so many symbols now. There's so many different logos and symbols to the point where it's it's insane. You like you have to have a symbol. You have to have a logo. Whether you're a company, a band, you gotta like anytime you're doing something You need to have a logo for it. Gotta have a logo. It's not gonna be what it is if there's no logo. It's not gonna be anything. It's not gonna be real if there's no symbol or logo to go along with it. That's kind of how we see things. Oh, you got a band but there's no logo? Must not be real. Oh, you got a company and there's no logo? It's definitely not real. You started a business and you didn't didn't make a symbol or a logo or something? That's not a real business. We kind of see things that way. And so we're really forced to use them and have them. No matter what it is you're doing, you need them. But they might not mean all that much to you. They might not mean all that much in relation to anything that they're being used for. Well, they mean something, but not a lot of thought might've went into it. That's where my brain went tonight. I'm about to fall asleep, so I'm done. I see a land where children can run free. So take.